Wow, you know what? I really enjoy Cinco de Mayo. This is Cinco de Mayo Day. Hey, man. You know, we picked a great day to record this podcast because uh, it's Cinco de Mayo. You know, I know. I grew up in Chicago, and um, you have a heavy Hispanic population in Chicago, and, and uh, it was just fun. Cinco de Mayo, and uh, because the mayor at that time, Mayor Daly, was Irish, so St. Patrick's Day was two great days. Oh, man. Hey, that's why the shy. You had to get out of there, man. It, a lot of uh, a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. You know, and, and speaking of shy, you know, I grew up there, but I grew up without my dad there, which inspired me to write the book, uh, Searching for Dad: the Nine Side Effects of Growing Up Fathers Fatherless. Were you aware that there are nine side effects? I am. I am. I've read your book, and uh, I think everybody should read your book. You <laughs> okay. know, uh, but yeah, no, and that's one of the things I think we have in common is that Midwest. You know, I came up in the Midwest as well, fatherless. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of cover those nine side effects and deep dive those with you. Hello, and welcome to our podcast series, Focus on Fathers. I'm your host, Byron Ricks, and joining me is my co-host and good friend, Josh Wombrock. The objective of Focus on Fathers is to give a voice to fathers who are not able to be with their kids, mothers who are raising kids without fathers, and children who unfortunately are growing up without fathers in their lives. Well, the first one was uh, identity crisis. I did some research about this and the men that I interviewed, this kept coming up, identity crisis. And I remember as a kid, uh, because my father wasn't there with me, you know, as a boy, you grow up and you you kind of want to know who you look like. What, you know, you stand in the mirror and you look at yourself. And I did not see any characteristics of uh, my father because I didn't, didn't know exactly what he looked like. I kind of looked like my mother, but I didn't want to look like my mother. Right, right. <laughs> I wanted to look like my father. Have you experienced that yourself? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember clearly looking in the mirror. You know, for me, it was a little different because, you know, you throw in the biracial element. Right, right. So right. I didn't look like my mom. Right. And I didn't really know what my dad looked like. Right. So I'm looking in the mirror like, man, is this his right. nose? Where did I get this nose from? <laughs> you know? Exactly. And that was a, a very common thing I, re- I recall doing frequently, actually. Yeah. Exactly. I did the nose, lips, mouth, cheekbones, uh, hairline, those kinds of things. I, I wanted to know where they came from. And I didn't have that, um, I, I didn't have that, that, that focal point. You know, w- without having a dad, so you you sort of have half of your you, you we know you half of your identity is from your parents, from your mom, but we kind of lack that other half, and I think that impacts you as a kid when you go to school. It impacts you when you interact with others, especially those kids who have both mom and dad. Right, right. I mean, I mean that's a major point because you look at a young boy right without a father where are they learning the traits and the mannerisms of a man right so when they go into school how do they carry themselves because you know you think about if you spend enough time with somebody you're gonna start speaking like them maybe pick up a couple phrases whatever so when you're around your father naturally you're gonna pick up some things off of your father but lacking that father you picking up all your mother Right. You, you, you don't have anyone, a male, to emulate. Right. You know, 
Uh, and that's why when I was on the road and I was training, I would uh, have mothers ask me, what should they do? And I said, you know, you got to find a surrogate. You got to find a male. Maybe that's an uncle, uh, a grandfather. You got to have a male in that boy's life. But the same is true for girls. No, it's true for girls. You know? But but the truth of the matter is, is that surrogate is so important because if you don't find that surrogate for that child, right. your child's going to find, find that surrogate. Absolutely. And for me, I found that in, you know, gangsters and music. And I've kind of pieced together my own uh, idea of what a man, let alone a black man, right. looked like. Right. Th- that's one of the side effects. You, the other side effect was uh, silent anger. Mm-hmm. You know, wh- why do I say silent, though? What do you think? What's the difference between silent anger and uh, not silent anger? Well, I mean, silent anger, I think the reason you choose that, you know, from my perspective is um, I don't have much of a voice with my mother. Okay. So I had to learn how to self-soothe and and deal with it. So I could channel my anger and it would come out in other spaces. So it may not be a a rowdy anger in the moment. Right. It was tucked away and reserved for when it was time. Right. Exactly. You took things out on other people. Right. And and, and oftentimes... You don't really know you're angry, per se. Mm-hmm. It's just something triggers you. Right. You know, and you're angry because, at least for me and, and some of the people I interviewed, I'm angry because I felt abandoned. Mm-hmm. I felt like my father abandoned me. And even when I, I talk to uh, f- women, girls and women, they feel that same anger. I have uh, one lady I, I spoke to, she was angry. Her mother had died. It wasn't that her mother had left her, but her mother had died, but she was still angry. Yeah. Inside, that her mother wasn't a part of her life. Mm-hmm. Her mother had abandoned her. That's how she felt when it all came out. Right. No, I mean, anger, I mean, I think that's most of our issues. Mm-hmm. Because the truth is, is anger is fear disguised. So <laughs> why, why are we angry? Because we're, we're afraid. scared. We're afraid. Wow. I'm not going to be validated. Right. You know, you know, I remember doing the, uh, they do stuff like the, the donuts with dads and stuff back in the day. They still do it. You know, yeah. I'm not missed one with my kids just right. because I remember sitting at the lunch table looking over there at the other kids yes. enjoying their donuts. I'm like, man, I sure want a donut and I sure want a dad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, I went to uh, Catholic schools and, and there were some twins, Daryl and Darwin, and they had mom and dad in house and, um... At the Catholic school, they would have, you know, dad day, mm-hmm. you know, and I would hate that day yeah, uh, because I didn't have a dad. It's a reminder. Right. And this particular day, uh, they were going to a Bulls game, and so Daryl and Darwin's dad decided that he'd take me. And I was so excited, man. I was so excited. And we had these nosebleed seats, and I was still happy, you know. One, we were so high that you heard that joke, the comedian said it wanted a hot dog. And they see the hot dog guy, and they call the hot dog guy, and the hot dog guy say, "No, you got to come to me," <laughs> <laughs> because he didn't want to go that high. Yeah, we were up there, and I could see the bull, real, you know, uh, on court, center court. And I remember Daryl and Darwin uh, was sitting by their dad, and they was eating hot dogs, and they were had popcorn. So you had the dad, you had Daryl, you had Darwin, and you had me. 
and initially I was I was happy, but when I looked over and I saw them uh, interacting with their dad, I got jealous. Yeah, yeah. I got upset, you know, because one of them was sitting in his dad's lap and he was feeding popcorn in his mouth, and 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 the other one was on his dad's knee and arm, and and they was wrestling and tussling, and I wasn't a part of that. Even though I was there, I wasn't a part of that. Right. And I became angry. Mm-hmm. Mhm. Well, I mean, it's like, because I get that, and you know, I still get angry to this day. Really? Oh yeah, to this day, I see that because I mean, the pressures of this life sometimes they get to you. You know, you I have kids, I have a wife, I have you know, there's, I have a life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And in that life, things can take place, and you you want to have that outlet. Right. You know, let me call my pops. Right. And I love my pops. You know, I have built a relationship. But it's not like the father-son relationship. Right. That's my dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and yeah. uh, I love him. You know, but it's not. I. That's not the person I can call for support, um, for advice. You know. And so, when I talk to friends and say, "Oh, you know, I called my dad and we talked through it, and he really, really helped bring some clarity to right. that." Man, I do find myself in my feelings. Like, you know, man, well, I don't have what, that. What, how incredible would that feel? Right. And what, what I'm finding is it's like you have a, a cut on your arm that needs stitches. Right. And you, you, you it's it's wet. It's not drying up. It's not scabbing over. It's just a way you can jam it. Right. And it's not healed. Right. So it's going to hurt all the way to the core. Right. If I touch a scar, my scars don't hurt. Right. But you can still see them. You can see them, you but they don't there, hurt. But they don't hurt. And that's the thing is whenever you're talking about being reminded of a lack of a father, mm-hmm. that's like poking you in that open right. wound. Well, when I go, you're tr- that's true. But when I, and I go back to my story, that brings us to the third uh, character, third um, effect, side effect, and that is kids that grow up without fathers, and especially boys that grow up without fathers, that they have a need to belong. Oh man, don't get <laughs> you know they have a need to belong. And in that exchange between the twins and their dad, they belonged to him. Mm-hmm. He belonged to them. I was there, but I didn't belong to anybody. Right. You know? I right. Didn't and, and thus, you get gang membership goes mm-hmm. up, in, especially in inner cities, because um, you want to be a part of something, of a family, a whole family. Someone that cares and checks on you, looks right. out for you. Right. And, and thus is the attraction for boys of gangs, and then uh, with girls, the attraction to boys who are in gangs. <laughs> well, look look at the <clears> – <throat> you got one of two things a lot of times when it comes to that, you know, the, the similarity between gangs right. and families. Right. And gangs and teens and teens and families. Right. You know, some of these kids end up focused on the team. Right. You know, and that's a beautiful thing. But just because their pain, their anger, you know, that sense of belong right. doesn't manifest in the negative light like in gangs or, you know, just other things, right? They're still looking for that community. Right. And community. if I if I take dude's head off on the football field, coach is going to smack me on the back and say that a boy, man, that's the closest I've ever felt yeah. to my pops touching yeah. me. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Because you, well, you, you got back up. Yeah. You know, you belong to him. You got people. I, I remember uh, D.L. Hughley talking about his dad. 
and he was talking about uh, a situation where a neighbor um, had got out of line with him, mm-hmm. you know, and he said his dad went down there and confronted this guy, and that was like a proud moment for him yeah. that his dad had his back, you know. I never felt that. Right. And a lot of children, girls, boys, have not felt that. Men are vitally important to relationships, you know. It takes two to make them. It takes two to raise them. And I tell men all the time that all of your kids are equally yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when I was researching the book, I used to get so frustrated. I had uh, one friend who uh, he uh, had a daughter, and his daughter needed some clothing and school clothes. And he said, well, I'm not sending any money to her. I said, well, why not? Well, because uh, my girlfriend is married now. Her husband's supposed to take care of the kid. I said, but that's your kid. Right. You know, that's your kid. Yeah, but I'm not raising the kid. It doesn't matter that you're not raising the kid. It's your kid. It's your blood. Okay? And if the kid needs clothes and shoes, you should participate. Well, he should participate. I said, well, why won't you send her money? He says, because I'm not sending her mother money to spend my money. I said, well, let me ask you something. Does your daughter go to bed, go to school naked? Does she eat? Does she have a roof over her head? If she does, then somebody is putting, spending money on mm-hmm. those things. And so with this notion of fathers, when I talk about to fathers who don't take care of this set of kids or that kid because they're divorced or they didn't marry that mom, that's the same impact that you right. feel when you when you uh, have a kid that don't have a father at all. I would say it's worse. Damn. It's worse. Damn. Because? Because you get to see other children validated. Right. Claimed. Right. But you're not. And you're not. And that's so your dad, that too. that leads you feeling like, what's wrong with me? Right. And it comes back to that identity. Exactly. And that identity thing, that's why we need to belong, because we don't know who we are. Right. And oftentimes, we go and get involved or belong to the wrong groups. Right. And then years later, we've become this person who we may not authentically be just because we're able to fit into that hole doesn't mean that we're supposed to be in that hole. Right. right? Right. So we tried to belong and now you get to a point, you know, twenties, thirties, just everybody's different where they're realizing, man, I don't know if this is who I want to be. Right. But my whole life has been based and built off of this person. So how do I completely change my whole identity to be somebody new? When this is who I've been and how will people receive me and how will the people that I belong to, right. will they still, will I still belong to them? Will they accept me? Right. And so it's almost like it creates its own prison because the father didn't set you free right. as a child to say, you are good. You are yourself. Right. You belong. You are, ah, you are so important. Right. You're wonderful. Right. And we're not saying, you know, we, we talk, focus on fathers. Again, mothers get all the praise a lot of praise and they mm-hmm. deserve it all right you know uh, mother's day is sunday you uh, well in this pandemic right past the pandemic you might be able to get reservations but in normal times <laughs> if you don't get reservations early on mother's day and you better be cooking you some better fire be cooking something. <laughs> 
<laughs> but Father's Day, you can get, you can get a reservation to any restaurant around. Right. It's like Chris Rock said. What did they? They said, "Dear Mama, you know, what about Mama?" He said, "What about Dad?" I know. All he get is the big piece of chicken. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But moms has worked hard for that. Right. And what we want to bring focus on in in this form is dads, we need dads to step up to the plate and be dads. Right, dads need to be dads. And then also there are moms that need to step aside and let a dad be a dad. Exactly. You know what? I remember when my father came to visit me in Chicago, uh, I was actually born in Alabama. My mother left when I was three years old. Left my father, left Alabama, and won't have anything to do with him. And I, I've talked to many females who have said the same thing my mother said. And she said, I don't need a man. I can raise him all by myself. And, you know, yeah, you can. And I've seen, I, I know I have a friend who has a daughter in New York. She makes two, $300,000 a year. She has a couple kids. She raises her kids, and they live well. Mm-hmm. And her, her son was acting out. And I said, you know, he needs to see his father. He needs to interact with his father. Well, he don't need to interact with his father. His father's this, his father's that. Yeah, but you got to allow him to see who his father is. Yep. And to know who his father is. And that's why I have one of the chapters in the book called Angry Mama Drama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, angry mama drama. You think you're hurting the father when you don't allow the kid to interact with the father. But you're really destroying the kid. You're really destroying the kid, or at, at best, not giving the kid an opportunity to know who his or her father really is and know them for themselves and draw their own conclusions. You want that kid to feel the way you feel mm-hmm. about them. When that kid has done nothing, or that father done nothing to that kid, you, as it, as it relates to angry mama drama, you're the one that's keeping the kid from the dead. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, in that, you know, in my situation, it's a little unique with my daughter. Because, you know, here I was, I ended that generation of fatherlessness, right, but right, her right. mom, you know, dipped. And so I'm right, seeing... Right, that is interesting because you have a daughter... And uh, you were a single dad. Yeah, single raising dad. Raising your daughter without a mom. Mm-hmm. And now that you are married, you and your wife have a son mm-hmm. together, uh, and you're raising your daughter. Right. But yet your daughter still experiences um, not, uh, how do you say it? You tell me, you, you're talking about, she talks, still talks about her mother, though that her mother, she has a mother, figured, uh, not figuratively, but actually a stepmom there. Yeah. That's given her all the love and nourishment, but she still has a, 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 a desire to connect with her biological mom. Right. She has a desire or had a desire. Right. Um, and what I did is I did everything I could to help facilitate a relationship with her mom. Right. Because I knew how damaged it was for me. Right. And I think I may have over, <laughs> over facilitated. And how so? Um made her too accessible meaning paid phone bills i gave her mother a car i've you know I've flown her in I, you know i've put her up in hotels so she can be around i made it okay easy in a way that i wanted my daughter to have that connection okay right but i think that built out an expectation of her mother mm. that oh i don't need to and whenever she wants it bad enough he'll do it right so her mother didn't put forth the effort correct to connect with her and she i guess saw that 
she it took her a while because for, you know the mother was <clears throat> very insecure about that right and so there's a lot of po- attempted poisonings towards me so right. the angry mama drama played out in that way. right in a reverse effect because right. i'm handling my business and there's some frustration right. of oh well i'm missing out and this and that so i've been honest with my daughter but also haven't told her everything well yeah until she gets her. older right and it got to the point where it boiled over and my daughter was able to figure out herself right. i ended up giving her my phone said here there you go there's the truth okay. and she went through it how does she feel about her mother today she doesn't want a relationship currently wow she wants to know her siblings okay and that's been kind of a challenge but uh she wants my wife to adopt her legally hmm. and and trying to protect her you know we're we're moving slowly with that because what we don't want is for her to get punished by her biological mother so you know my daughter you know she's 16 now right um beautiful yeah, she you know is. what i'm saying because i got i'm biracial my baby mama's biracial so two mm-hmm. biracial kids got together and made a biracial <laughs> baby you know what i'm saying <laughs> so she's just beautiful right um she got her mama's laugh and that's 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 one of the things i can hear right. you know so i've been able to let her understand hey these are some of the traits you got from her right. when she didn't have her around to remember but now she knows the truth you know she discovered herself and she's not ready to engage in that relationship because she has found that that relationship is a self-serving one from her mother okay and so she struggles because she puts herself out there and she kind of gets rejected in a sense exactly but the point there though for me and the reason i brought that up as it relates to angry mama drama is that kids have an innate need mm-hmm. to connect with their biological parent. And mothers have to understand that. And even fathers who grow, yeah. uh, who are raising their kids have to understand that. Even kids that are adopted, and they know they're adopted, and they grow up in healthy households, and they love their adopted parents, but somewhere inside them, they have this innate need. Which I think that's a great point. To, to jump on that because you have children that are adopted, right? And I've heard cases where them pursuing a uh, a biological parent has almost ruined the relationship with their adoptive parents. Right. Because the adoptive parents almost feel rejected. They don't understand the dynamic. Exactly. They don't understand what's going on. My daughter is an adult now. I have adopted my daughter. She's uh, by my, wa- my wife and her first husband. <clears throat> and... She had an overwhelming need to connect with her dad. Now, my wife, you know, strong black woman, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and uh, her and her first husband didn't get along. They, um, it, it was a, it was a shotgun marriage, mm-hmm. you know, wedding. She got pregnant. Okay, you got to get married, and it didn't last long, and they divorced. And her and her husband, uh, uh, ex-husband, just didn't get along. I came into the picture. Having grown up without my father, I understood my daughter's innate need to want to connect with her dad. Right. And my wife early on did not. And I used to take my daughter to see her dad, drop her off. You know, my wife was like, he owes $30,000 in child support. (laughs) (laughs) 
talking but the kid doesn't care. Right. So my question or a rebuttal to that, you know, I've heard that before. Oh, he owes this much in child support. Okay. Well, how much you want to pay your kid to pay in therapy bills? Because that price has to be paid somewhere. And if you're cheaping your child from somebody over child support or uh, dis, uh, disagreements, right. you know, or the, the famous irreconcilable differences, you know, then, you know, there is, like you said, an effect. You understood that. I understood that. And I've tried to facilitate that need. Right. But there's so many out there that are still blinded by their emotions and their pain and they're un and they're unhealing. Right. So what is thirty K versus a child that gets wrapped up for five, six, seven years of trying to belong? Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. Have an identity crisis is right. You know, uh, silently angry about and, these and things. And that could be a seek that could be a slow like a, a crock pot issue. Mm -hmm. You know, that could be forty years old and that man up and left his family like that. Right. And nobody understands and it's because his life was reactive from everything that he went through from birth and his mother controlling whatever, he is, may have fallen into a reactive state of life. But I also want to say this now. We're talking about fathers that are not there. But a father can be physically present, mm -hmm. but not emotionally present, not psychologically present. You know, what about that father that's there? He's there. Physically, but yet he's not there in any other aspect of fatherhood. <laughs> I mean, so many people can argue, well, at least you had your dad there, which right. is true. But, you know, I think that's a great, I think we need to get somebody on here that personally has that uh, experience, right. you know, because... And we have guests scheduled that have had that experience. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, they still get the side effects. Right. You know, if I break my leg in this location and you break yours in that location, it's still a broken leg. Right, right. It's just a little different, you know, and that's how I feel. There's still side effects attached to that. Josh, this conversation was awesome, man. I want to remind our listeners what we discussed. Focus on fathers today. Talked about the... Uh, side effects of growing up fatherless we talked about identity crisis silent anger and a need to belong our next show we are going to pick up with understanding one's own value and we're going to look at how media's influence on the development of children today hey thank you this is byron focus on fathers thank you for listening if you like what you've heard subscribe and share and tell us your thoughts we'd like to hear from you Perhaps you can be on our show.